to Normal with Autism, where we are walking with Faith on this side of the spectrum. I'm Tara. I'm Sarah. And we are so happy to be sitting here today. Um, just getting excited to record again. It's been a minute. I forget how. How do I, how do, I do this again? You talk into the microphone. Oh, that's right. Okay. Um, well, welcome to our podcast where we invite people outside of the autism community to come to the kitchen table and learn about our everyday lives, and we provide encouragement to those in the community. You're did using you, your NPR voice. I know. Did you know we did that? But, um, I'm, I know now. Okay. But the whole thing with today is, like, I'm excited because we're not at my kitchen table. No. We're at your very fancy... My handmade... Handmade kitchen table yeah my husband built this is amazing he's so he's so great and i'm jealous we'll have to take a picture to show everybody oh yeah we can post it on the instagram speaking of instagram will you all come follow us yeah please follow us on instagram and facebook we're over at normal with autism on both of those you can check out pictures of our kiddos and our normal fun there's been so many cute ones of finn lately everyday lives thank you he's doing all kinds of fun stuff i know he's been pretty cute lately yeah we need more of owen yeah people need to see once he starts being cute again he's not being cute right now he's just he's out of his routine you know how that goes well i was gonna say we've not been recording because real life has been happening yeah it's it's been a crazy month it's been a crazy month uh we had a lot of illnesses Mm. kind of circulating those lovely early summer late spring early summer bugs um but what's your summer transition been like because i know that's something that like the minute school starts to get out like people are yeah. Losing their minds. Well, it's it's not been super great. Um, he starts summer school. Um, he has like a three, four week summer program mm-hmm. in July, beginning of August. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's got, you know, like a month, like a six week gap there. Um, so it's just enough for him to like get out of his routine and then go back to school and, like, so then he's, like, out of routine from his summer routine. Mm-hmm. And then he has, like, a two-week gap before he goes back to school, like, for good. So then he's, like, he's just out of routine for months. Just back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. Um. You know, childcare has been an issue. He went through two two babysitters, only lasted one day. Mm-hmm. So um, we're kind of, like, scrambling now, like... Okay, you take this day off, and I'll take this one, and you work from home this day, and maybe my mom can't do this day, so it's just, it's been crazy, but we're making it through. If there were somebody out there who, like, had an idea of, like, I will provide safe, affordable childcare, yeah, keyword affordable, right. for kids with special needs, so parents can continue to work, to do what they need to do. They would there it was it would be a gold mine. Absolutely. They would probably have people like on a waiting list to yeah. get in. Oh for sure. Because I see so many people in our little like Bridgeway community where mm-hmm. Finn attends now, but then also on the larger Columbus Autism Parents Facebook yeah. page. People are just like scrambling. What do I do? Yeah. You know? And there's yeah. just not a lot of affordable options out there. Right. That and at least for Maybe kiddos who are more like Finn and Owen. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't just send Finn anywhere. Right. I can't send Owen just anywhere because right. it's not safe. Right. If there was, like, a special needs daycare center, mm-hmm. that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. But there's not. Yeah. So, um, we're really... That uh, would be a unicorn. Yeah, I would. If anybody knows of that kind of unicorn, yeah, please let us know. Well, like, I talked to um, his, his psychiatrist, and she's like, well, we need to make a plan for next year. Like, he needs to go to a, a camp, or, you know, there's all these camps available. I'm like, yeah, but they're on the opposite side of the city, mm-hmm. and you have to drive, mm-hmm. you know, take them and pick them up. Like, I have a job. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I didn't, you know, I wouldn't be worried about childcare if that was an option. It's almost like the there's the camps are there, but it's like 
nine to noon or yeah or one to three or yeah it's just another obstacle right so i don't know we've got it figured out for the summer um i don't know what next summer is gonna look like but for now he's I don't know. Okay. <laughs> well, our our struggle is on the affordable side. Mm-hmm. Like right now, we're kind of just at the the edge. Is it bad to talk about money? Uh, no, because let me tell you what: having a special needs kid is freaking expensive, and f- people don't talk about it enough. I feel like there's more of like judgment or mm-hmm. stigma or a magnification on our types of families. Like if we mention money. I feel like there's just more of this like judgment mm-hmm. that comes with it, and that could just and be there shouldn't my... be, but but I think you're right. Yeah. yeah, there could just be. I think it's because so I'll give an example of something that I've kind of experienced, where like you fill out for something to like try to get something for your kid. Mm-hmm. Maybe like you want to get an iPad for your kid, right? And maybe you don't have the funds at that point, so you fill out some kind of form for a scholarship or a, or I don't want to it's not a handout but just like a there's places that do this they're like yeah hey, fill this out and they'll put you on a list if you meet their their criteria for needs right. you know you could get an iPad potentially and I feel like I've had the conversation with some people before where it's been like well like who deserves <laughs> that mm-hmm. you know are you deserving of mm-hmm. getting this particular thing and I feel like that kind of adds to the stigma of all of it yeah even though like money stuff like it's at the forefront of my brain because I have to know that we can afford things or Mm -hmm. I have to know that we can plan for stuff and it just I don't know I feel weird about talking about it but I want people to be aware like it's expensive yeah (laughs) it is it it kills me yeah and it well even like um you know we're lucky in the state of ohio there are resources you know for example we have the autism scholarship right they pay up to a certain amount for your child to obtain or to um you know attend a special needs school right which is great um except for you know like i mentioned before transportation right is not included in that right so you, for example, have to take Finn, drop him off, pick him up every day mm-hmm. on the other side of the city mm-hmm. because there's nothing on the east side of Columbus mm-hmm. for special needs kids. Mm-hmm. Absolutely nothing. Someone should work on that, too. Uh, and it doesn't cover all of it. Right. You know, there's costs above and beyond what the scholarship covers. Right. You know, I don't want to say, like, there's just, there's never enough. There's never. And that's for most things. Right. You know. But, um, yeah, I know what you mean. It's hard. Um, we are lucky, blessed enough that we were able to obtain a Medicaid waiver mm-hmm. for Owen. So it doesn't go by our income. It goes by his need. We were on a waiting list for 18 months. A uh, typical waiting list is 10 to 15 years. Um, but they are redoing the list now. So... Hopefully, people that really need it will get it sooner. Uh, it's not working so great so far, but... Um, <laughs> and keep in mind, that's just for Franklin County. That's just for Franklin County. Out of our 88 counties in Ohio, yes. every county is different. Right. And that's just for Franklin County. Right. Um, so because Owen was hospitalized so many times because he has such a safety risk, we were able to get a Medicaid waiver, which is great. Um But I hate telling people that because they're like, well, why did you get one and we're waiting? Right. Or, well, my son is worse off than your son. Right. And they're like, I get it. Like, You know what it is? It's the freaking Hunger Games. It is. We are living in the Hunger Games. Yes. They're the people in charge. The cornucopia. You got your ABA. You got your home health. You got, you better go grab that bow and arrow. The people who are making the decisions are all standing around watching us all fight each other. Literally. For these limited resources. Literally. Franklin County is District 12. For sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad we figured that out. Yes. Okay. So we're all feeling that way. Yeah. It's just, you know, there's never enough resources. There never will be. There all there will always be more autism than there is money. True. But it 
it sucks. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you for making me feel better about money. Yeah. Because it's a very like touchy, taboo yeah. subject. For no, a I get it. We've actually really um, buckled down on, you know, we're doing Dave Ramsey, trying to get out of debt because. I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep my job next summer. I don't I don't know what that's going to look like. So, you know, we have to prepare for, you know, that possibility. And, yeah, having special needs kid is just, you never know. Right. What is going to happen. Right. All right. Well, moving on to <laughs> um, other unhappy subjects. I thought we could next. I know, right? I'm just, I'm a Debbie Downer today. But I thought we could talk for a minute about some of the recent news about autism that's Mm -hmm. out there in the newsosphere. I just made up that word. (laughs) Did you like it? I loved it. It's not as good as your ear hole, ear hole word. Well, you can hear news, newsosphere through your ear holes. Yes. Okay. All right. Great. All right. Well, um, so there was a story going around. I'm, probably sure you've heard about this, but I'll ask you, have you heard about this? Um, It happened um, while school was still in session, Mm -hmm. um, but it happened at those year end festivities, you know, all the year end festivities that we all go to for school, like Uh little recitals or graduations or award ceremonies. Um, But apparently um, there are some adults out there who are kind of not doing so great at their jobs as teachers when it comes to these types of awards. So in Gary, Indiana, there was a school, um, I believe it's called Baylick, Bailey Preparatory Academy. Okay. And what happened was some of the teachers got together and they were doing the awards ceremony and they thought it would be fun to give an 11 year old autistic kid a award. Mm-hmm. But this award was for the most annoying male award. Did you hear about this? Uh, you know, I saw like the headline, but I was like, you know what, Sarah, you don't need to read all those details, do you? What? Because I would have felt even more angry right. about the world than I do already. Right. Uh, okay, so there was a male and a female award. I. <laughs> That I didn't get from the stories, but there were several stories published on uh, it. <laughs> why? I wish I could take a picture of your face right now, because I think it kind of embodies <laughs> the reaction to this news story. Like, it's just... Uh, like, I know we talk about this all the time, but, like, we have so f- much further to go. Like, oh my god, why? Why do people... Why? Well, I think, I think too, is that it makes me sad for the teachers and the administrators who put their blood, sweat, and tears into our kids. Yeah. And who are great at what they do. And we need to, like, clone them and make, you know, hundreds more of them so there's right. enough to serve all of our kiddos. And I think it gives them a bad name. And it makes them, like, it, it creates suspicion and paranoia mm-hmm. and, like, would this happen to my kid? And would this teacher be this way? And what I are think, they saying behind their backs? Right, yeah. right. You know, how are they How are they treating them when I'm not talking to them? Yeah. Or when I'm not looking at them? I totally get that. That kind of thing. But basically, this, this is what kind of broke my heart about it more, was that he's 11, a little kid, autistic. He's nonverbal. Oh. And that got me because Finn is nonverbal. Yeah. And the way the mother described it in the news story, because this was picked up by major news outlets. Yeah, I it saw was it everywhere. ABC, USA Today, People, that kind of thing. Like, everybody picked it up. She said he was so excited because he got a trophy and, like, brought it home. And was like, look what, look what oh, I got. no. And not understanding. Yeah. Like, how awful right. would that be? And, like... You're an adult. Right. Like, why are you picking on an 11-year-old? Right. And the the disturbing parts of the story are, number one, the award ceremony took place in a golden corral. You know what? I would attend. (laughs) Is this an episode of The Office? I don't know. (laughs) I feel like 
was there an award giving out for whitest sneakers? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But that's that's the first issue I had with it. I was like, maybe not. Yeah. Well, but I don't know. Like everybody loves. I've never been to Golden Corral. Is it? I've heard it's delicious. I've I don't been know. there like a couple times, but it's not like on my top. <laughs> like, can we go to Olive Garden? Oh yeah. That would have been a better. A you better know, what? Choice. if you gave me an award for most annoying, but like put a breadstick inside the trophy. Exactly. I'd be more likely to forgive you. Right. Right. Second, it was thought up the joke, and I'm doing air quotes here uh-huh. for everybody who can not see us at home. The joke was thought up and carried out by a special education <gasps> teacher. No. So apparently that. that person missed that whole like college semester Sensitivity. of don't be cruel to the children yeah. that you teach kind of yeah. thing. And third, the dad was there at the at the table with him, tried to leave the the award on the table, like not yeah. make a big deal out of it. He was like, no man, I got a trophy. No, the teacher <gasps> saw it sitting on the table and was like, don't forget your trophy. Like, it's a poor salt in the wound. Oh, and I rammed it down her throat. Make it more, like, look, everybody, if you didn't see it when it happened, <sighs> here it is again for you to see me giving this poor kiddo the most annoying award. So oh, yeah. just don't, just don't do it. It's not. Yeah. What would why? you do if something like this happened to Owen? Um, like, what would I actually do? Punch them in the face. <laughs> right after Owen did, probably. Probably. Um, no, it just, it breaks my heart because everything is already so hard for these little guys. And, like, he doesn't have any good qualities. Like, he's not, you know, he doesn't persevere through adversity. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, um, you know, he's not, like perfect attendance like there's nothing else you could find you made it through a whole day without yes. having like a meltdown or i guarantee you he accomplished some kind of goal throughout that year tried something new yeah, yeah. but no you're going to focus on yeah. this one thing that he probably can't even help right right and listen i get it i am the mother of caleb Cell. yeah i know how annoying <laughs> It can be. You understand. I understand. <laughs> because Caleb has ADHD and he just like doesn't stop oh, ever. Yeah. So I understand. Yeah. But. Ugh, like there's just there's so much. Oh, oh, mm. Well, and it happening in front of his class. Yeah. Like just kind of pile on oh, every no, other classmates thought obstacle. That would have been a good. I would have, maybe if they would have focused on that part of the story. Yeah. You know, you know, maybe a classmate was like, oh, but wait, he actually is the best at this thing. Right. Or, you know, he's really kind or he really, you know, is great at basketball or whatever. Like, there's got to be something else. So many more things you can focus on. <sighs> yeah. Well, apparently the teachers um, were fired and the principal was placed on administrative leave. So good. It kind of felt good to see the outrage on social media because mm-hmm. I would click through some of the comments just to see what people would say. And it, it, I think it was from both people inside and outside the community. Like, nobody nobody wants you to see, like, a, an 11-year-old hurt like that. Right. You know, especially one who's so vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, some sad news. But, but also some good news because, you know what? We got it done. Exactly. Listen, do not mess with autism parents because we will take care of it no no not at all all right well speaking of autism parents speaking of autism parents the episode today is called number one dad but sarah i'm not a dad i'm not a dad either so we must have to have a dad joining us (gasps) a super special guest husband slash furniture builder slash autism dad Matt Sales here to speak with us today. That's awesome. Hey, guys. Yay, Matt's here with us. Thank you, Matt, for coming on. You're welcome. We really appreciate it. um, Are you feeling nervous? A little bit. A little bit. His face is all like... Did you see him? He like like straightened up and put his business voice on. Do you have your NPR voice on? Absolutely. I don't know what that stands for. National Public Radio? Okay. Oh. I'm not good with acronyms. 
from SNL. That's what that's what we're going for. Oh, okay. We'll gotcha. have to we'll have yeah. to promo this with a sweaty balls. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Sidebar, real quick. Oh gosh, guys. Next, okay, not this episode, but the next episode you hear, we'll have an intro song. Are music. We, are we, I was I wasn't gonna say anything. Are we moving forward with that? I think so. Okay, I guess we'll find out more Sunday. We're right? hearing it on Sunday. Is that what's happening? Yes. Okay. It's a, what what did Jackie describe it as? Um Simply, something tinkly. You <laughs> you asked for like I wanted something like vintage bubbly. Is that what I asked for? I still think we should go with Matt's. <laughs> original <laughs> version i think his should work. it was it was pretty great should, can you and roy um, like, collab on this it's yeah. like two months in the making yeah honestly. like yeah. it took a long time yeah you did yeah. you did awesome so your... i think it should be the intro maybe we can use roy's as the transitional per- perfect music like when we finally get sponsors and oh, commercial yeah. breaks yeah and, you know making all the mad cash out there i think sponsored by yeah I don't know. I think that would be great. All right. Well, let's get back. Let's get back to Matt. Matt, welcome again to the podcast. Thank you for coming on. And you are the father to uh, two amazing kiddos. We have two kids. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Three, if you ask the the boys. Winston. The boys are always like, Mom, how many kids do you have? And if I answer two, they're like, how could you forget about Winston? Winston's our cat. Oh, that's right. And he makes the, the round on Instagram. He does. He he's does. A, kind of a famous. He's, inst- been, he's been very sassy lately. Instagram cat. Yeah. He's Insta famous. But we needed to bring you on because um, dads to uh, autistic kiddos are rare that we know about because they tend to hide away in the shadows. And dads who will talk about their experience with their autistic kiddos are even more rare. There are unicorns in our community. So my first question is, how does it feel to be a unicorn? Fantastic. <laughs> that you know about this. I love being a unicorn. You're, it's yes. great. <laughs> because I am very happy because when I brought this idea up, like Sarah and I were pitching this idea around, we were like, oh, we'll get both of our husbands to talk. And I immediately went to Craig, the sound guy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Craig, the sound guy. You're going to be on the podcast. And he, I mean, if you could stare death daggers at me, (laughs) it was death daggers. And I was like, okay, well, we'll ask Matt. And he's like, yeah, ask Matt, because I don't want anything to do with this. I was like, all right, that's, that's fair. So you win. Yay. Yay. I I didn't give him the choice. I was like, hey, Matt, Tara will be here at seven. Here's your list of questions. You're a unicorn. Yep. Have fun. That's right. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Well, first of all, like, intro yourself. Tell us, you know, obviously we know you're Matt, but tell us, (laughs) do you you work outside the home? What do you do? So I'm a buyer for American Electric Power, and um, I was started back in November of 18. Um, and when I was given the opportunity, I was fortunate enough to where my current boss kind of knows the situation with our home and family life because I've always tried to be open about it. And um, she allows me to work at home as needed, which is extremely helpful and very rare. So I'm very fortunate to be doing what I'm doing now. That is that is pretty awesome. And can I say, what does a buyer for AEP do? So he shops I, for a living. Yeah, kind of. Well, that's is it. Just it's not just it's, me. If if my husband told me his job title, which mm-hmm. he does kind of regularly, and my eyes kind of glaze over, I have no idea. Like he could be part of the Russian hacking email thing, and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, that's great, honey. Have a good day at work." No clue what that means. So. So it's like uh, I do like sourcing events, meet with suppliers, and try to find the best pricing. Um, try to like for uh, anything AEP needs. Yeah, anything from like toilet paper, like from that clear up to like transformers and oh my gosh, larger like turbines and stuff like that for power plants. Wow. So and safety equipment for like uh, the linemen, like hard hats, safety gloves, different things like that. They're very specific about their urinal cakes. That is true. (laughs) They have to be scented. Have to be a certain scent. Yes, and trash bags mm-hmm. they have to be a certain mill thickness a lot of the times. Nice, because they like to throw saw blades and stuff away. Oh, 
wow. in trash bags, apparently. <laughs> okay. Well, that's that's very interesting to know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so tell us first, what do you love about your two kiddos? They're awesome. <laughs> they, uh, Caleb has like a, a heart of gold. Um, he's generous. He's super goofy. He's exactly like me. They're the same person. Yeah, and I th- I think when we're around each other, that's probably why we butt heads a lot, probably more so than me and Owen. Um, and then Owen is like we, me and Sarah always say like he's like our sour patch kid. Like he's he'll do something, and then like five minutes later he'll apologize and be like super sweet and try to. Uh, he'll always use the phrase like "Let's start over," mm-hmm. or "Can we start again?" Or, mm. So, but yeah, they're they're both awesome. And lately, they've been getting along uh, together, which is a miracle. Speaking of miracles, yeah. Speaking of unicorns. Yeah. An average miracle, huh? That yeah. they Two little unicorns running around. <laughs> that they like each other all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah no, it's been great. Like, Caleb um, has really, he's really matured a lot in the last, when it comes to Owen, in the last couple months. Um, he's been going to therapy with Owen. Owen goes to therapy every Friday. Wow. So, Caleb's been going with him. Um and he's been working on Owen, like, with his calm-down skills. So, um, like, yesterday, Owen was, you know, flipping out about something. And I heard Caleb say, like, do you want to go play with my slime? Like, can I can I play with slime with you? Like, will you calm down for me? And he did. Like, it's been so great. They're watching a show together right now. And there's no yelling or hitting no. or fighting or... That never happens. And I think Caleb's been good about trying to get Owen to be more verbal when he's starting to get triggered. Like, Caleb will start saying stuff like, am I making you mad? And trying to get Owen to express. So, hopefully, Caleb knows then to back off. Not always, but... That's so great. That's really great. That must be a big relief for you two both, I would think. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, for a long time, Owen did not like Caleb. <laughs> they were not friends. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, for the last year, he's been, like, obsessed with Caleb. Like, mm-hmm. Caleb, play with me. Caleb, I want to hang out with you. And Caleb's been like, no, like, you've been so mean to me for years. I don't want to hang out with you. So now that they're, like, both kind of on the same page, it's just, it's been really cool seeing them, like, act like brothers. Yeah. And tell me, Matt, what are some of the fatherly things that you do with your kiddos? Uh, I like taking them to the park, um, pushing them on the swings, Pokemon Go, (laughs) playing video games, uh, watching movies, making silly songs in cars (laughs) when we drive places. Sarah's currently rolling her eyes. (laughs) She loves that one. It's so hard being the only girl. She's lying about it right now. She really loves our songs. Um, but yeah, just being goofy, just being ourselves. It's fun. Um, talk to me for a minute about um, kind of, we're going to maybe take it back. So Owen is how old now? He's eight. He's eight years old. Okay. So when did you feel like maybe you first recognized that he was going to need some extra help? I, I think Sarah and my sister probably noticed first, and I was probably in denial at first. And I think what really did it for me is when I started seeing uh, how the um, schools were kind of handling things and how we started getting calls from, like, Owen Sitter and um, the local schools, like, on a weekly basis where... Um, this, they may be more focused on the behavior rather than his academics. And they probably, in all honesty, weren't equipped to be able to handle those behaviors. They, they had no training. They didn't know what to do. So they would call us. And we're like, we have full-time jobs. Like we have to, we can't be leaving once a week and hope our boss is okay with that. Like it's, it was tough. And, and I think that's when I'm like, okay, we we probably need to look into this and see what we can do to get him some help. So. And it's interesting. I hear you. I hear you use the word denial, and I'm I'm kind of wondering. Do you do you feel like it was really denial that you were in? I don't like I like I didn't want to believe it. Gotcha. Like it's 
because I, I wasn't prepared to go down that path. Like I didn't know, cause I'm a fixer. Like I didn't want a problem that I couldn't fix. Mm-hmm. So. so you are a fixer, a problem solver. Um, tell me kind of what feelings did you have then start when he started getting some diagnosis? I, I felt panicked. Like, I felt like I needed to do something immediately. Like, we have to solve this. I need to get on the, like, take care of this. Um, Sarah makes a joke like, well, a lot of a lot of her friends make the joke. They call it Matt selling something. Where if, uh, if I set my mind to something, like, I cannot focus on anything else. I have to get that done. Like Sarah, Sarah like, could Sarah bad. could be there like could making be a tornado coming straight I'm, for us, and, and he'd be like, like, "Let's get an oil change." Yes, or he'd be like, "I have to cut my toenails," and we're like, "No, but I'm cutting the grass. I don't care if there's a if it's lightning outside. It like, needs done. It has to be done like now, or he won't like he. It could he be cannot a, do anything else. And it can be a good thing and a bad thing, but I, I'm sure it's super annoying for the family. But yeah, it can also it can be, be good at times, I hope. <laughs> well, let me tell you, I'm starting to feel like maybe all of our husbands were cut from right like from the same cloth, right? Like they're all <laughs> like related somehow because what you're saying about yourself is completely what I see in Keith. Like when he gets in on something, he like laser focuses, mm-hmm. and like we will even be out enjoying a family day, and something will come up at work, and it'll come across his phone or whatever. And then he just spins on that. He's like, I can't do this until I finish this. Mm -hmm. And you're right. It's good in some ways because like, I don't know, home improvement projects. Yeah. Like if you start one, you're going to finish it. Right. True. As I look around at your beautiful shiplap (laughs) living room area. But it is, it can be difficult because if something's wrong and you want your husband just to be in the moment Mm -hmm. and you can't be because you've got to fix whatever whatever is wrong i remember moving into our first house before we started moving the furniture like we painted the entire house the entire house in one night yeah like we we were up to like five in the morning i'm like i'm getting it done i'm not stopping i Oh my gosh. I was exhausted. You sound <laughs> so much like you. It's crazy. But yeah. then sometimes, but it also has to be like your idea. Because That's true. I can say like, Matt, this needs to be done. And he'll be like, okay, I'll do it. And I'm like, but when? So like, this is kind of our rule. Like I'll say, I'll ask him when, are you going to do it? And he says, you know, in two weeks. And I don't bring it up again until two weeks. But if it's not done, I will ride him until it's done. <laughs> so like, for example, in the, with this room... Uh, when we remodeled our dining room and living room, uh, like he just came home one day and like I had demoed all of the B board that was on the wall so that then he had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you made a problem. Some, I sometimes I think like she paints poorly on purpose. I do. I don't so, paint anymore. So it'll drive you nuts. So, mm-hmm. so then like, she's like, well, you might as well do it. Cause I know you'll, you'll do it right. <laughs> This is my favorite. I love this. This is my favorite thing right now. Okay. So you were, so you were feeling like when you, the feelings that you had around Owen's diagnosis was like, you had to fix it. Yes. Is that how you felt initially? No, initially. Cause I don't think I, I recognized it initially. I think it was more, more of the, um, I didn't want to believe it. So mm-hmm. I kind of, I kind of ignored it really. Like I kind of just, Okay, that's let's put that on the back burner. Let's not deal with that right now. And you you mentioned the sense of panic though. What was the what was the panic about? I, I think that was once we started getting the calls from like the schools and mm. the babysitters on like a weekly basis. And I'm like, okay, something's gotta be done. Like this isn't working. We can't keep leaving our jobs. We can't mm-hmm. keep picking him up. Um and then and then um the back of my mind I'm thinking like okay we don't have a sitter that's trained or equipped if you know he hadn't at that time had the diagnosis yet mm-hmm. so so we're like if, if it is this do we need to be looking at sitters that have that kind of training um do we need in-home aids 
do we need to go to like a, a family? Like all these questions in mm-hmm. my mind. And I had no idea where to start. And I think that was the biggest, uh, probably one of my biggest fears at the time. It's like, I, I didn't know what to do. To fi- it, it was out of my control. It was, it was a, a problem that I wanted to fix so desperately, but I couldn't. Did you feel, did you see some of this in him? I'm curious. Um, like the, did you recognize like yeah, the panic? And yeah. The... Well, and another thing that was hard is that, um, we didn't know anyone that had a special needs kid. So we didn't, we didn't have anyone to talk to about it, but also, um, we didn't, we took all these behaviors personally. You know, we thought that he, he could do these things. He just wouldn't. Mm-hmm. but really he couldn't <laughs> which to be honest with you is a very normal first reaction from parents all, all i think all parents walk around at first with the idea of my kid won't do it because he doesn't want to right and it takes like going into therapy and talking to professionals and like going through stuff to understand like the skill set is literally not there mm-hmm. to handle these issues. And I know that because I that's the work I do with parents all the time. Like the first thing I tell them is your kid doesn't wake up thinking like, oh, I'm going to tick off mom and dad today. That sounds like fun. Mm-hmm. You know, literally the skill set is not there to be able to not tick off mom and dad today. Right. So C- Caleb might think those things. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more. He's a little bit more on that side of the on that side of the equation. No, to, so to me, like, it makes sense, you know, when he saw, okay, th- this is happening at school, it's happening at, you know, in the community, it's happening at, you know, grandparents' house, it's not just us. What do we do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah, that's, a, yeah. Um, talk to me for a minute about... There's a, well, there's an article that's out there and it's in the Journal of Autism and Developmental Disorders. I didn't realize this journal existed. I was just going to say, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Um, I need to look at it more. Um, but basically, do you all know what journals are? Mm-hmm. Okay. They're like peer reviewed. Yeah. It's like where they studies. do studies and people submit them. Well, people, researchers submit them, that kind of thing. So they did a study on just the experience of fathers who have kids with autism. Um, and they, they very much did that again, because apparently you guys are unicorns. Not a lot of fathers are willing to talk about their experience. As a matter of fact, they stated this in the study it was like, they started out with so many and then guys just dropped off. They didn't want to participate. They just like ghosted them and they didn't know why. But basically, um, one of the points in the article was that, um, if you can find acceptance around the autism diagnosis or kind of acceptance, this was specific for autism, but I'm sure with any diagnosis with your child, it can improve significantly your mental health as well as your child's mental health. So um, with that in mind, Matt, where do you think you are in terms of accepting Owen's diagnosis or his current challenges that he's facing? I think I've definitely accepted it. And, um, I think me and Sarah have both um, worked together to try to fight to improve the quality of his life. Um, just just with the, the quality of life in mind, what can we do to make it better for Owen? Like, what more can we do to fight? It's a lot of sacrifice. And um, thinking about it, like, one of the things that comes to mind is um, our pastor had a message on um, sacrifice. And he said... True love is sacrificing, or yeah, true love is sacrificing something you love for something you love even more. And looking back, we've had to make a lot of sacrifices. Like there's there's a lot of things that I want to do for myself, and people can on the outside you talk about judgment and stuff. People could look at that as saying, "Well, you're being selfish." Well, what they don't see is that you don't get much time to yourself to really do stuff for yourself. And I, I think it's important in, um, t- to allow Sarah time to do things that she wants to do for herself and then also to allow me time to do things that I want to do for myself and just recognizing that and having the communication. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think I've definitely come to terms with it and uh, accepted it. And it's, 
just like how do how do we move forward from here um it's every day's kind of a struggle but um i think just keeping the open communication um is definitely helpful well, I'm glad you mentioned about being able to do stuff for yourself. So do you have your own like friend group or friends or a friend that you talk to about your challenges with having a kid with autism? Um, a, a few. There's, there's probably less than, you know, I can count on one hand. But, you know, you have a few close friends that you can be just open and honest with about. And, and um what I find is the more I'm open with it, the easier it is to be more open to other people. And what I'm realizing is the more you talk about it, it's surprising because people don't know, like they they have no idea. And if I can inform someone that doesn't know about autism and make anyone more aware of it, then they're to the better, I guess. Do you think it's harder, and this can be for both of you, just to get your perspectives, do you think it's harder for guys in general to talk about being a parent to an autistic kid or a special needs kid? I think I think there's fear, kind of fear that comes with that. Because me and Sarah were talking about like some statistics. Like you think of the divorce rate, right? It's already fairly high. I mean, the, the last I heard was 50%, but I'm sure it's much higher than that. But then you look at divorce rate within families with that have children that are diagnosed with autism, it like skyrockets. It's like I think it's eighty percent. Yeah. So it's so I'm I'm proud to be able to say like me and Sarah like this July we're gonna have our fifteen year wedding anniversary. Yeah. Oh yay. So so we it's got like, married on our anniversary. So, so we've you, been together eighteen years and aww. married for fifteen because we only want to remember one. Yeah. Oh <laughs> that's so cool. But you you think about like statistics like that and it's like I don't want to be a statistic. I wanna I wanna be a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, that's the cutest thing you've ever said. <laughs> well but we also decided we'll be together forever because neither one of us wants full custody. There you go. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That, that's a real reason why. We're kind like, of gosh, we together. can't do this on our own. Well, <laughs> I guess you're stuck with me. Your, your point about like having people like that divorce rate thing, it just it brings up to my mind like how important it is for families like ours to have community. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And one of the number one reasons like who we choose to spend time with, like we do, like. I choose to go to a church that my church will support my family, mm-hmm. like support who I am. And I need that support. I'm we're one of the more vulnerable families in that church. And it's part of that higher, you know, statistic divorce rate. If that's the, the actual number that we're going on, I'll, I'll look into that. But then that means I need I need more support and it just needs to be from all kinds of people, the regular people that go to my church. I need your support. Yeah. Or I'm going to fall and collapse under the weight of all of this. So absolutely. We need those. We need community, not just people who get it like you and I connecting on the fact that we have autistic children, but. I need a Jessica who has neurotypical boys. I need a Jennifer who does her thing with her kids. I need a Jackie, mm-hmm. you know, I need a, a pastor to preach a message about hope and encouragement. I need all of that in order to be lifted up and to be held and, you know, just walk through those difficult times. Or, or Keith and I could head for a divorce because mm-hmm. we don't feel supported. We don't feel loved we we feel alone in things so we need community absolutely badly yeah so box over okay go ahead (laughs) um remember the other day when you volunteered at the ronald mcdonald house and you came home and he's like sarah one of my coworkers has a kid with autism i'm like he does I'm like, how how old is he? What what is what are they doing? Like, what's their what, what do they look like? Like, what's their like? We were so excited, like that he met yeah, someone like else. The, the conversation that knows like, what he's going through was it was so easy to talk to him because I'm like, 
you get it. <laughs> like someone understands. Like this is amazing. Right. And we were we were serving. Um, my role there was we were serving the breakfast to the people that were coming through. So the guy was like right next to me. And we were just like sitting there talking the whole time. So. And it's, it's I was cool. so excited that he it, like had someone right. to talk to. It does because like at times when you need to to vent, you can vent to someone who understands not someone that's like yeah i get it and people can say yeah they get it but you you know like you don't you don't say anything to their face because you're trying not to be rude or anything but in the back of your mind you're thinking you have no idea mm-hmm. absolutely <laughs> absolutely um talk to me for a minute because the study also said that men tend to experience more anger around diagnosis and when women tend to be more sad so i want to hear from you matt first do you feel like that was your guys's personal experience i honestly i don't think i felt angry um i i think well i i guess when i think of of that word i was probably more angry with myself because i didn't know how to handle it if that makes sense. Like it's, again, it kind of goes back to the fear thing. Like I, in panic, like I didn't know what I was doing. Um, so I was angry with myself because I didn't know how to handle it. Yeah. You don't really get angry a lot. Um, except when I'm trying to go to sleep and the kids are still, <laughs> then I'm angry. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like if you ask people, like, "What's Matt sell like?" Like they like angry would not be. Oh no! In the, Absolutely. If you not. ask what Sarah sells like, it's like in the top three. Um, You're terrible. <laughs> that's what that's top four. <laughs> I'm also terrible, terribly angry. Um, no, but I think that if anything, I would say overwhelmed would be, you know, because he got so many diagnoses at once. Mm-hmm. You know, he went from. From this diagnosis at four to then this diagnosis at five to then this diagnosis at six. And, like, yeah. everyone was, like, worse than the last. Mm-hmm. And we're, we try to talk through and discussing the whole thing. We're like, well, do you think it could be bipolar? Do you think he has ODD? Do you think disruptive mood dysregulation disorder? Do you think ADHD? You, you just went through the whole alphabet at yeah, that point. Yeah, it's, it's like... Yeah. And he has most of those. <laughs> yeah, so, so it's like... <laughs> I mean, you, you think of autism and you have like the autism spectrum and I don't think people necessarily know how wide that can be, if that makes sense. Um, so you have someone who's diagnosed as high functioning um, on the autism spectrum, like our son Owen, but he can be very violent at the flip of a switch. And then you tell someone that and they're like, that doesn't sound like autism. But it's like because they don't understand the the spectrum, if that makes sense. It does. And I can tell you that they're, unfortunately, in our professional world, we're still trying to understand yeah. the spectrum. So to give parents and caregivers a, a clear understanding can be difficult sometimes. Um, tell me for a minute, because my understanding is, so Sarah does a lot of the caregiving because she's working part-time, mm-hmm. right? And you're full-time outside of the home. So what role do you play in Owen's treatment? What do you see yourself? Just trying to trying to be patient. I mean, that's something I have to work on every day. Um, and, and again, it, it comes back to a lot of sacrifice. Um, because Owen is one that needs 24-7 attention. Like, he he craves that. He does not like to be alone. Um, which can be, there are times when Sarah wants to be alone. There are times when I want to be alone. So mm-hmm. it can be very stressful. And that actually triggers us. Like, we get overwhelmed. We're stressed out after working all day. And safety is a and big, big concern. So, sometimes we just want to sit for five minutes mm-hmm. as soon as we get home. And Owen's like, I want that attention right now. Like, it doesn't matter what you want. And having to work with him on that is tough. Mm-hmm. But and then I also just, like, I, I try to 
like Sarah being the caregiver, I tried to do like fun things, plan plan activities, um, get them involved in things. So mm-hmm. it's, yeah. yeah, he's the fun one. He's the activities yeah, coordinator. He, he is. <laughs> You know, he's the one that they want to play video games with and go hang out with and go to the movies. And I'm the one that, you know, I'm the snuggler and I'm the one that I'm like the comfort, but he's the fun. Gotcha. Like the the best thing I can think of when, or best example I had, it's that kind of made a light bulb go off for me is like we went to a restaurant and it was thunderstorming and like... Anytime the the boys want like a caregiver or or something's wrong, like they skin their knee or something or they're hurt, they'll run to Sarah. Mm. But when they the lightning and thunder happened, like they ran to me when they were scared. Mm. So that kind of made me think like like protector versus like a caregiver and like it's just it's just different. Yeah, it's, yeah, I can see that. We each have our role. Yes. Um, so we're getting down to the last couple questions here. And tell me for a second about maybe um, what are some of your hopes for Owen? Um, I always think in the back of my mind, like, what can I do to help him have the best quality of life? And to give him independence. Like, I, I wonder, like, is, is he ever going to be able to live in a house by himself? Is he ever going to be able to be safe by himself? Um, so those are my hopes. I mean, it's it's a small list of hopes, but honestly, like, I think, like, that's the most important thing for me. Is he, is he going to have a good quality of life? Is he going to be safe? Is he going to enjoy life? Um those are all the things you want for him yeah Yeah. to have a joyful life oh well hey let's let's turn the mic over to the star of the show for a minute do you want to say something come on my name is owen and i'm the star of the show so duh (laughs) owen you're amazing thank you for coming to talk to us for a minute you're welcome now go back upstairs no but when's Oh, what did Winston, I tell you? It always Winston comes back to Winston the, the Cat. Well, hey guys, thank you again so much, Matt. Thank you for coming on and talking to us. I really do appreciate it and g- getting us into the brain a little bit of what it's like on the dad side of things. You're welcome. No You're problem. a good dad. Yeah, Can I think so. You're a good mom. Side? Yes. Do you want to come say something? Caleb, come on up here real quick and say something. About autism. What's it like to have a brother with autism? My brother is about to come up to the mic. He's going to sing a song. (laughs) Well, to be a brother... What, you got to talk in the microphone. Tell them who you are. Oh, hi, my name is Caleb, and um, having a brother that has autism is pretty cool. Um, He's really funny. And that's all. (laughs) <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank I you. Think, I don't think we could have said it any better. I don't think than so. That. So, guys, um, thanks for joining us again for another episode. And it was so much fun. It was so much fun. Sorry, and it's, it's obviously we've lost all control well, it, of every we're done, situation. We're done, but yeah. So here's um, to the complexity of our journey, um, the highs and the lows, and may those who observe us do so with compassion especially compassion for our amazing kiddos. I love that. All right. We'll see everybody again soon. Bye, guys. Bye.